and that He that lives within us, we don't have to cry out for more of His presence, more of Him to come here before we start to feel better. If it was all about feelings, then... Gary's doing CPR to the stage. You see I'm doing a little bit of a push there. It worked. It worked well, man. As long as he doesn't do mouth-to-mouth, I'm all right. Man, that's such a truth that's been hitting me is that God is within us. He lives within us. He resides within us. And He has promised to never leave us nor forsake us. And while I want to feel more of Him, because God has given me senses to experience Him, I want more of that. I don't wait for that before I respond to Response him. And so the Bible says we worship him in spirit and in truth. And that in spirit we know that he is always with us. But in, in, sorry, in truth we know that he is always with us. But sometimes our spirit's a little bit fickle, a little bit needy, a little bit of encouragement. And so, uh, yeah, I just want us to let that settle in. I've asked Zip just to kind of do uh, a word on, 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 not a little word, but like a, something that was on its heart for this mor- from this morning on giving before we take up the tithes and offerings. Thanks, Zip. I was going to joke and ask Jim if I've got 15 or 20 minutes, but just briefly before, when it comes to the whole subject of giving, our first port of call is to recognize that everything we have comes from His hand. And so I want, and I want to encourage you, I'm, uh, I'm, I feel free without any uh, fear of manipulating you. I want to encourage every one of you, even if you've got a five cent coin in your pocket, to take it out and to put it in the offering basket. I'm not, I'm not after your money. Uh, God knows that really. That's true. Um, but that you, by doing this, we acknowledge that everything I have comes from Him. Okay? And uh, the Bible goes on to say, uh, Paul says, God loves a cheerful giver. And you know the Greek word for cheerful is hilarious. It is actually hilarious. When we give to God. He gives us everything and we give Him a, a small portion. It is actually hilarious, friends, when we think of how good God is. It's, it's hysterical. And so let, let's just pray. and pray. Lord, I thank You. By, by way of just, um, by faith putting into this offering basket a token of our giving, we recognize that everything, absolutely everything we have, all the blessings come from your hand. And Lord, we return to you out of worship and we return to you that which belongs to you in acknowledging that you are the one who gives us everything. We love you. We thank you that you first loved us. We thank you that we, we, the, the, our giving is out of faith and not out of fear. We thank you that we are no longer under the law. We are free. Freely we've received. Freely we come to give. Amen. I should have actually asked the team who's taking up the collection to come. Thank you. So, so you, uh, you've had time to prepare. Let's give God the glory. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Sip. You can, can grab that. Can I just tell? Hey, God is good, hey? I'm being more and more overwhelmed with God's goodness everywhere I go. Especially when I come to church, I've seen the people's faces as they walk in. I just made a point tonight of kind of saying, no, 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 let's go back. Just pretend as though you're happy to see me, you know, just, just for an instance, you know, because I, I mean, it's not like I have to put this on, but I really am so overwhelmed with God's goodness that it's, I, I really feel it's going to be something that, that's, that I'm going to be preaching on for a long while to come. But I want to tell you a little bit of a story before I get into, into my sermon tonight. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I went to 
virgin active and I was, I was getting ready to go and do my gym and I noticed that uh, there was a, a bit of a, a area cordoned off and when I looked closer I thought, you know, are they doing like a triathlon that only certain people are allowed to use this thing? And when I get there I see that there's an Indian gentleman who's had a heart attack on, on the treadmill walking and uh, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm dumbfounded. I mean, there's people carrying on you know, they're, what, they're seeing this, okay, this guy's here, and there's a lady right next to this guy who's on her third kilometer or something, and she's just looking over her shoulder, okay. And these guys are trying to do CPR to this Indian gentleman. I mean, he's had a, he's had a you can see the scar on his chest, he's had open heart surgery, and um, they are going, 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 going. And I sit there, I said, where are the paramedics? And they, this is 45 minutes later, they first arrived. And so I felt God say to me, when all hope is gone, then I will move. And so I'm saying, now my heart starts going 100 miles an hour. Now what am I supposed to do? Clear out everybody. I'll show you how this is done. <laughs> all hope is gone and then I'll move. And I get this picture in my mind. I'm thinking, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong? Now you put yourself in, in my shoes. You know, you kind of like, if you're not if you're not Brad Sadler, you know, you wouldn't be thinking of this. You know, but but every one of us would be sitting thinking, I don't know, I don't know what I would do. So I go up to the, to his wife and I said, and she's a Hindu lady. I said, please, can I pray for you? So I did, and I prayed for her, and uh, and I said, can I please pray for your husband also? And she said, please, just could you? And so I, I, another pastor arrived at the same time as me, and and, and uh, so he went to go in behind the curtain and said, look, we're just going to pray for him. And um, it was about an hour and five minutes, about an hour, ten minutes later, they get the, the paramedics have got his heart going. And, um, but he's, they still need to breathe for him. But I'm sitting thinking like, Lord, did I miss this thing? Did I miss it once again? That, uh, that you've given me this opportunity to, to, to let your glory come and transform this whole... Because these are people that I've been w- witnessing with, you know, like, every conversation every now and again how are you doing you're doing well um, and so I've been looking for opportunities to witness and now what do you do you know the people that, that are there that sit, came to gym they sit there and they're going well there's you know the paramedics are here or the guys are doing CPR there's not much more I can do so let me carry on doing my gym routine and those are the people that you see around there or do they sit and stare and people go oh, look at those people they're just staring looking at the, you know what's going on for shame you know, and I, I'm sitting going with my own heart saying, Lord, what do I do? What do I do? And all I could do was pray. And so I'm praying saying, Lord, I, I, in my mind I can see this what if. You know, God just broke through and just miraculously. And I want you to give test me again because it will be like wildfire. Did you hear what happened at Westfall? Did you hear what happened at Virgin Active? And, and I, I chickened out once again. I didn't make a bold proclamation. I prayed as, as the Lord led me to go and pray for people. But I didn't have this boldness to just clear out the crowds and say, Hey, God has told me this, and in Jesus' name. And so I, I sat down, and, I, and about a week later, I went to go watch one of those um, movies, X Games. And the one guy, Travis Pastrani, he says, You know, we don't see these tricks that they get to do as what if we trip and fall? What if we, we mess up? And, you know, every part could be, we say, What if it actually works? And that just, comp- you might think like, wow, that's so ins- awe-inspiring, but that just compounded this feeling of guilt, like, oh man, I really fluffed it. Because if I'd really had this thing of, what if God was going to come through, even more so resounding in my heart, 
then, then I would have, you know, then I would have really come to the to the party. And if that wasn't bad enough, we get here about a, about a week or two ago, and Steve starts praying for boldness and more boldness. And I'm walking on, going, I'm so heavy, man, Lord. I'm just suck as a Christian. I'm the worst Christian ever. I just don't have enough boldness. I, I'm need. And, and God just said, shh, come away with me. Come away with me. And uh, he took me on this journey, and, and, and he's still taking me on a journey to come. But I want to just set some of us free, and I want us to, to tonight, just to, just to kind of get to feel that, that we don't fluff God's tests. We don't, we don't mess up. God is super abundant in grace. And he gives us opportunities, but... It's not dependent on us to, to rise to the challenge or to not. Let me explain myself as we, as we go through. I was stumbled upon Paul, who was, uh, someone had shared a, a word with the elders, and this, this little passage of scripture kept crying out at me over and over and over again. And um, I, Paul prays for some very specific things when it comes to faith. Because um, I was sitting saying, Lord, if all the heavens have been opened up and everything, you call us co-heirs with Christ and we've been given all authority, then why am I still chickening out? Why am I still not seeing things that I'm praying for happen? Why am I still not seeing the manifestations of your spirit happen like I see in the book of Acts? Now, how many of you guys want to see that, right? Yeah, that's what, that's what we're all about. We're not here for the manifestations, but we're here because we believe in truth. And if this isn't truth, then I want to find truth. But I believe with all my heart that this is truth. And because some pieces of the puzzle don't quite fit into my picture, I can see the whole picture already. And I can say, wow, this is good, Lord. And this is truth. And just because I don't see some pieces fitting in, doesn't mean that he's got it wrong or the word's got it wrong. I'm saying, Lord, I'm missing something. I'm still not seeing it quite right. So help me see what you see. And that's the title of my, of my passage tonight, is that, that he would enlighten the eyes of our heart tonight. Lord, enlighten the eyes of my heart. Colossians 1.9 says, 9 and 10, don't turn there, but if you have your Bibles, please turn to Ephesians 1.3 so long. We're going to carry on from there. It's a similar passage down the line, but Colossians 1.9 says, and so, from the day we heard, this is Paul speaking now, he says, we have not ceased to pray for you. So what does that tell you? Number one, that Paul wasn't praying on his own. Number two, that he heard something that caused him to pray. So often we feel like, Okay, I need to do my discipline. I need to be praying more and doing more things. Paul, out of a response of hearing a truth, said, "Ah, because I heard this thing, I couldn't stop praying for you guys. Asking that you may dot, dot, dot. And here we go. This is the ride I'm going to take you on tonight. Filled with the knowledge of His will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. See, he's praying for three things specifically for this group of people. Number one. Filled with the knowledge of his will. Number two, that they would have all spiritual wisdom and understanding is number three. Carries on to say, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. Now before I would have read that passage, I would have said, fully pleasing to God. Walk in a manner worthy of him. That means I'm going to stop thinking those dirty thoughts and I'm going to stop doing those stupid things and I'm going to stop because that's the thing that's pleasing to God, right? But the Bible says that Hebrews 11.6 says that faith alone pleases God. So if you want to please Him, it's your faith that's pleasing to Him. It's not about doing the right things or saying the right things or, 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 or kicking the cats or 
swearing at the taxi driver has got nothing to do. He says, walk in a manner that's pleasing to me is when you are walking in faith, believing in him. It, says, it goes on to say, bearing fruit in every good work. Now I like that passage because it reminds me straight away of another one. Where Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me, I will remain in you and you will bear much. And that's exactly what that passage is saying is that you will remain in his love. Because when you remain in his love, he will remain in you and the byproduct is fruit. You can't, the vine doesn't say, I must bear fruit, I must bear fruit. It just happens. If the vine is in the branch, fruit happens. And increasing in the knowledge of God. See, if all this is about right believing, we need to recognize that we can only believe with what we know is truth. So what things should we be focusing on? When I got saved, I was told, as a, you're a baby Christian. And as a baby Christian, you need to be focusing on these things. You need to read your Bible. I actually got told this. You actually need to read your Bible from start to finish. I was like, Phew. I don't read it the best at times. I've got to start from here and it's all Greek to me. No, no, it'll get to Greek and then it'll... But we'll start off in Hebrew first. And, and I, well then, you've got to, then you've got to pray every day. If you really want to see God use you mightily, because God's got a calling upon your life. You're called of God. You're going to be used mightily. I'm thinking, I thought well, every Christian was be called mightily. Why, is, why am I different now? Why am I specific? No, only if you do, if you read your Bible and don't, and it's quiet times. Ooh, your quiet times, you've got to spend at least 20, 30 minutes. And I was on this freight train. I was going. You know, I, was going to, I was so hungry for God. I was so desperate for God. I wanted to do anything that, that would get me closer to Him. And I, and I got lost somewhere along the way. Because I was caught in this, this trap of trying to do more for God, be the right person, you know, just, just the sin that so easily entangles. All that was just passages of scripture would just snare me up and I would find myself tumbling downhill, downhill, downhill where I would say like the sin that so easily entangles and only now I realize that that passage was speaking about the sin of unbelief so let's turn to Ephesians 1-3 the answer is right here blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places Amen. Let's jump to Ephesians 1.15. For this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom. Here we go. Wisdom, revelation, and the knowledge of Him. So you've got to ask yourself this question. When you're reading a passage of Scripture, and we're going to go through a passage of Scripture tonight. When you read a passage of Scripture and it says, therefore, or for this reason, you need to go back a bit and say, hang on a sec here. What is he talking about? What reason are we, what reason's going, what's he talking about here? So I've found that when I go through Scripture, you can go back one step, and you can, and, or two steps, or three steps, and you should find markers. I call them markers. There must be some other term for it, but... But if you, if you find markers that tell you, that show you they're on the right place. So Ephesians 1.3, it starts off by saying, Blessed be the God of, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. How amazing is that? You are holy 
and blameless before God. In love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. Here's your first marker. Because he has just spoken about God has blessed us in Christ. Okay? So that's your first marker is in Christ. It carries on throughout the passage with in him, dot, dot, dot. In him, dot, dot, dot. In him, dot, dot, dot. Let's read the first one. In him. Who is him? Jesus. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ. Now we know that mystery, it says we should know this mystery of his will. How many people know the will of God for your lives? Yeah, a couple of hands. But the Bible there is saying very specifically that you will know the mystery, right, of his will. Because he has made known to us the mystery of his will. And it's set forth in Jesus Christ. So if you are in Christ, you will know the will of God. How can that be? But I've got this business decision to go through. Do I take this job offer? Do I take this job offer? And people have come to me saying, I've got three job offers. Which one do I take? And I said, you know what? You'll find the peace of God will lead you. Which one do you find the most peace with? It's not about which one's going to give you the most opportunities for the kingdom. But this one will give me more finances. But this one will. You're going to run yourself ragged. God has in Christ given you the mystery of His will. Sometimes you'll just say, no, you choose. Sometimes you'll divinely orchestrate your path going one way. Sometimes He'll just give you the peace. But because the Holy Spirit lives within you, you don't have to worry, is it A, B, or C? Just in His presence, in Christ, you'll sit there and say, I know which one it is. And if some of you guys still battle with the answer, you can chat to Zip afterwards. He's got the right answers. In Him, in Him. It carries on, Ephesians 1.11. In Him, here's your second marker, we have obtained an inheritance. So first of all, we have, a re- we have redemption. Number two, in Him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of His glory. Number three, in Him you also, when you heard this word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Hey, First of all, you had redemption. Number two, you obtained an inheritance. So it's not like I'm going to get an inheritance. In Him already you have an inheritance. And number three, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So the, the Holy Spirit that was promised to us, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of His glory. Now we're back for, the, for this reason. Because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and your love toward all the saints. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him. Now let's put the handbrake up here for a second. If it was really about how often I prayed, how often I read my Bible, how often I had quiet times, then Paul should have been writing about that. He should have said, oh, when I heard of your faith, if, 
if you guys could just spend a little bit more time in the quiet time. The Holy Spirit showed me you're not spending enough. Closed heaven. Sorry, you can't do much more. And also, some of you guys aren't praying enough. I've heard from Jack. It's not happening. Corporate meetings. Please sort that out, elders. Get the guys together. He doesn't say that. He says, I want to pray. I can't help myself but pray for three things for you. Because these three things, when I heard of your faith and your love for, the one, for one another, I was stirred to pray for wisdom. Why wisdom? Why revelation? And why did he say understanding? Because those, these passages of scriptures, you just speed read through it and you wouldn't even blink twice. But Paul only prays for the churches for these things. He says that you would have a spirit of wisdom, revelation and understanding. So why is Paul, who's saying all things are open, available to you, but I want to give you, I want to pray for you for this one thing, that you'd have these three things, spirit, revelation and understanding. Because with these things here, it'll start to change something. It'll start to change what you see in your heart and what you believe is truth. Because if you start to see God is all glorious, all powerful, all good, and you know His will, when you pray for someone who's had a heart attack, you don't need to pray for boldness. Boldness is a byproduct of what you've believed is truth in your eyes of your heart. You'll just know. This is, this is Wow! So when I'm not feeling like I'm in a place yet, oh Lord, I haven't felt your presence move. I haven't felt you stirring me up. I can't feel the tingling of your Holy Spirit moving upon my body. I, I don't want to step out in faith because I, if you don't go with me, Lord, then let me stay at this place. Sounds all too spiritual, but God has never left you. His presence resides within you. He has said He would never leave you nor forsake you. Is He a liar? Not at all. He's saying, I'm, I'm with you. Anytime you want to go, I'm, I'm right here. Look, I'm here, I'm here again. I'm can't get away from him. He's right here. He's right there. He's inside of each of you. Too beautiful. Too glorious. And here are a couple of more markers. Remember I spoke to you about markers? There were, there were four. In Christ, in Him, in Him, in Him, in Him. Now it carries on to say, what is, what are, what is. Let's see them. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you. What is the hope that He has called you to? Is it really seeing heaven come down? Or you going to heaven, is that your hope? What is the hope that He has called you to? I'm not going to give you the answer. Because I think God's stirring some hearts here tonight. And I think He's going to lead you in. He's going to create a hunger inside of you for His Word. What are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of His power towards us who believe? According to the working of His great might. That He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at the right hand in heavenly places. Far above the rule, authority and power and dominion. And above every name that is named not only in this age but the age to come. And that whole passage speaks about the finished work of the cross. The finished work of the cross. That everything that you hope for, all your inheritance, all your Everything is found in the finished work of the cross. It's, not, it's about so much more than just reading your Bible. And yes, that's a good thing to do. And, and, and spending quiet times, yes, that's a good thing. I'm not knocking any of those things. But I'm saying when you have a spirit, and, and notice that he says, 
I'm praying for a spirit of wisdom, revelation, and understanding. He's not praying that you would have, okay, Lord, give me more revelation. There's a, he's praying for a, a spirit of wisdom, revelation, and understanding to come. That just as your eyes were opened to the, to the, to the grace of God, it happened spiritually. It didn't happen by you trying hard. It happened supernaturally. Your eyes were open and you saw. And so this is what Paul's saying. He's saying, I'm praying supernaturally that your eyes will be opened up and you will see and wisdom and revelation and understanding will come to you. I am convinced of this one thing. That the devil is permanently preoccupied with distracting you from the goodness of God. Let me say that again. The devil is permanently preoccupied with distracting you from the goodness of God. Because if you saw how good he was, like Moses cried out and said, Lord, show me your glory. And God had this opportune time to pass in front of him with everything. Whole armada of angels before him and after him. He could have passed before him, blinding him with light. He passed in front of him and said, I'm going to pass in front of you and you will experience all my goodness. And what happens? Moses' involuntary reaction is he fell down and worshipped him. He, worship is an involuntary reaction to God's goodness. When the demonic man, filled with, with, uh, possessed with demons, comes up and he sees Jesus, he's overwhelmed with his goodness that he falls down and worships him. The disciples on the boat, when Jesus calms the storm, they sit there and they worshipped him because... How good is this God? How powerful is this God that He would command the storm to settle and it does. And so look at Job. Job, the story of Job, the story of, the story of pretty much everything in the Bible is about Satan saying, let me just discourage them a little bit. Let me just take their eyes off your goodness. Job is so in love with you because your goodness is so falling down on him. Let's just see if I can't just take his focus off your goodness, and see if he still believes. And Job goes on this long journey to come back and say, Oh, but you are good. Hey, if the devil's main preoccupied endeavor is to distract you from his goodness, at least once this week, doubt creeps in. Even a distraction coming here. How many of you guys got distracted on the way to church? Either you had a fight with your wife or, or your kids were giving you uphill or you're battling with some thought, sin. No, don't put up your hands. No, no. Because people are going to wonder which one it was. No, no, don't put them down. Yeah, he looked like he was mad at his wife when he came in here. Could have been the sin. No, I don't know. I've seen a guy. He looks a bit dodge. When we ex God's goodness... Who are the primary beneficiaries of God's goodness? Think about it. Who are the primary beneficiaries of God's goodness? We are. We are. We are the primary beneficiaries of God's goodness. And when we experience that, and our hearts are enlightened, and we see Him for who He is and what He really does, what happens? We can't help but worship Him. And the one, I can't remember the name of the, that, uh, the chief end of man is to... How does it go? To glorify God, to enjoy Him forever. How can you worship God if you haven't enjoyed Him? Hey? So I'm going to pray tonight for something spiritual. I'm going to ask the musicians to come up. 
Because worship isn't about singing a slow song or a fast song. Worship is, is involuntary. You can't help it. So if you don't feel like the Holy Spirit's moving you to a point of where you need to sing a song, don't. Just be free tonight. If you don't experience that the eyes of your heart haven't been lifted up to a point of where you would receive a spirit, a spirit, don't try this at home, a spirit of wisdom, revelation and understanding. I'm saying don't try this at home like you have to try. Lord, I need more because I believe it's as you ask, so shall you receive. That's a God I serve. That doesn't say, like, I haven't seen you on your knees. Literally, all you have to do is come before God and say, Lord, we want to receive. Let's maybe let's stand and let's ask God that for that tonight. Lord, I just pray for all previous condemnation of failures that people have perceived in their minds, Lord, that they've dropped you to be ministered to by the Holy Spirit, that just as you remember our sins no more, so will we remember our failures no more. Because, Lord, that is the very one tool that the enemy would come and use to remind us of our past. And, Lord, we are not preoccupied with our past. We are preoccupied with you, and you are more preoccupied with our future. Lord, I pray, Lord, by your Spirit, that, Lord, that as we come into this time, Lord, that we have the eyes of our heart open up by your Spirit, Lord God. That we will recognize the devil's plans to distract us from your goodness. That whenever we find ourselves in a place of frustration, of guilt, in a place of, of, of just being tormented, Lord, with thoughts of failure, Lord, would your Spirit come this week Distractions of work, things going wrong, flat tires, kids just not doing what they said they were going to do, spouse issues, Lord, misunderstandings. We, we, Lord, we, we, we ask, Lord, that we don't come into a place of striving to be the right person, Lord, but that we would have the eyes of our hearts enlightened. Would you pray after me? Holy Spirit, would you come and open up the eyes of my heart?